just want to tell you, it's not, you know, the, the, I don't know, the, the line about all of us singing as one. And I have the benefit of the Snope family behind me again in, in, in whatever part harmony. Maybe it's your two bird, I don't know, but it was beautiful. And then, but I can, you can hear the place echoing with the praise. You can hear it in the parking lot. You can hear it in the parking lot? I can hear it at the, well, the principalities and the power can hear that. And they're going, uh-oh. Now, some of you know I'm, I have a little ADHD and I, I get a little scattered. So I have some notes here. I, I was talking to my wife yesterday about, you know, sharing a little bit of what, what God's been doing. And she's like, just be, just be careful. When you get off the page, scary things happen. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to stay on the page today. It's going to be good. But uh, the, la- the last month for, has been a, a really cool journey for me. Uh, understanding my identity in Christ. Maybe you're not familiar, but we've been talking about that a little bit here. And it's been important to embrace it, to be transformed. We have two ways, there's two ways we can live. Either we can embrace our identity or we can go our own way and try to figure out on our own. And I stood here last month and kind of was confessing to you that I'd been going my own way and doing it on my own and I've been struggling with anger and frustration and life kind of got a little bit out of control and I could feel like, I felt like sometimes I was just going to explode. I wanted to be the king of my world. I wanted my world to be ordered in a certain way and it just wasn't working out that way. Maybe you can identify. But Daniel 6 challenged me to get on my knees, to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me, to help me be the person that God wanted me to be, be the husband God wanted me to be, be the dad God wanted me to be, to be the man of God he wants me to be. And I can tell you that it's, it's, Nate said this morning, it's not rocket surgery. (laughs) I don't know if he said that in his message, but it's not rocket surgery, okay? When you do that, it, it works. God transforms us. I know God's word, but having it be my daily bread has been a struggle for me. But lately, I've been doing that, and, and I've seen the difference. On Thursday mornings, I have been participating with Lynn in a, in a, in a training called Transformational Prayer Ministry. And so for the month before, I, I, I was trying to three times, a, three times a day get on my knees, ask God, fill me with your spirit, make me the man you want me to be, and, uh, and asking him to do that. And, I, and I'd, seen, I'd seen the fruit of that in my life. I just felt differently about things. But, but last week, it's a preaching week, and life's a little crazy, and stuff happens. And I came into that Thursday. I didn't really, sorry, Lynn, I didn't really want to come. I just wanted to go home and, and be quiet. And, and, but I came in, and they were in the middle of, a, of an experience, uh, just being facilitated. And so I sat down. I put my stuff down. And they close your eyes. Picture a time when you felt close to God. And just uh, what's going on around you. So I'm going through this experience, and all of a sudden, all the tension starts to melt away. And 
I'm remembering just a time not that long ago, a couple weeks ago, when I'm kneeling by my bed and I can sense God's presence and I know he's holding me in his hands and he wants to, he, he's my daddy and he loves me and he's letting me know that I belong, that I belong to him and, and my identity is secure in him. And all of a sudden, all this tension just goes away. It's, it's magic. It's rocket surgery. <laughs> no, it's just simple. When we understand who God is and what he wants to give us, we can have peace and we can have connection and we can be blessed and we can feel held. It's transformational. One of our core values here at Community is transformation. We believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out and changes, maybe in little subtle ways, sometimes in huge ways, that the gospel goes into our lives and changes us. And I want to tell you, I stand before you this morning, I feel changed inside because of what God is up to. We went through an identity series. You're a child of God. You are his chosen one. You, you are holy and dearly loved. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. You're, you're completely loved. And I want to ask you this morning, has your life been transformed even in just a little way by that truth? Because mine has. Now, I don't want to, everything's not perfect. I still have boys uh, Hurricane Henry went through last night. The house looks like, I mean, but I just feel differently. I get frustrated. They didn't want to go to bed last night, but, but I don't feel like my head is going to explode. Hopefully they can tell you that there's been a little difference too. I feel blessed. We had a great day yesterday. My kids are great. They, they participated in stuff. They did well in some things. But it wasn't just because there was success. It was because I feel like we have a different relationship when I let God fill me. And so here we are. We're, we're talking about what does it mean to receive God's blessings? And this morning, we want to talk about the fact that sometimes we miss God's blessing. And so there's a passage. When, when I started thinking about, okay, what, am I, what, what passage would I look at? When I think about blessing in the Bible, I, I, I immediately, my mind went to Jacob and Esau and how Jacob stole Esau's blessing. It's a familiar story. He dressed up, made it look like his brother. His mother helped him. He stole the blessing. But really, the story begins just a while back, and I think this will illustrate why God allowed that to happen. And so this is in Genesis 25, just a few verses this morning, Genesis 25, 27 and following. It says, the boys grew up, that is Jacob and Esau, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Now that's not healthy, just so you know. It, it, we could go into that later, but you'll see that, that that works its way out in this family. But we'll go on. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And it says that's why he's also called Edom. Now you mean, so why does, why does the Bible point out that it was red stew? Well, he gets called Edom for the rest of his life, and that word means red. The Bible also tells us earlier that when he, when he came out of his mother's womb, he was red and ruddy, and his brother was more fair. So when he came out first, he was red. 
But he was first, and he had the birthright. He was the firstborn son. But later on, he saw some red stew. And we'll find out what happens with this stew. He says, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. And he ate and he drank, and then he got up and left. It was over just like that. And it says this. This is the, this is the passage that stuck with me for a couple of weeks now. So Esau despised his birthright. The word really, when you dig into it more, it just means he lightly regarded his birthright. So what's the birthright? Maybe you're familiar with the story. Maybe you know all this, but it's the right of the firstborn. They get a double portion of the inheritance. So they were two brothers. It was supposed to be that Esau would get two-thirds and Jacob would get one-third. But also they carried on the family name. The firstborn was the name-bearer. He would be the head of the household. He would be the leader. He would be a channel of God's covenant. We're, we hear about it, it's a covenant to a Abraham and Isaac. And, and then it should say Esau, but it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was supposed to be the, the, the funnel of God's blessing to the next generation. It was spiritual to carry the family's name, to have God be as God. To have an inheritance, not just monetarily, but spiritually. But Esau said, I'm hungry. I need something now. I'm a little busy thinking about the here and now to be worried about God's future for me. And so Esau lightly regarded the birthright. One commentary I read said this. What a picture. Esau weighed the promise of God's continual presence and blessing against a bowl of soup and valued the soup more highly. What a revelation of Esau's character. He was a man who valued the present rather than the future, the material rather than the invisible. The momentary satisfaction of physical desire seemed more important to him than the approval of God. The body, not the spirit, dominated his sense of value. He lightly regarded his birthright and God's place in his life. He didn't, he didn't really think about what the blessing would mean for him. As soon as I read that passage, this passage came to mind from Philippians 3, 18 through 20. This is Paul to the Philippians. For as I have often told you before, and now I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemy, enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. What a promise. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our bodies can be transformed. But many despise it because our God is our stomach. And I can tell you, my God sometimes is my stomach. Sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of red stew. 
He sacrificed the spiritual provision to satisfy his physical appetites. Greg and Nate both focused on Adam and Eve and how they did this same thing. I, I commend their messages to you that you should listen to them this afternoon or this week. Adam and Eve thought lightly of God's provision. They gave up what they had with God, the promise of a relationship for what they thought might be better than knowledge of good and evil. It didn't turn out very well for them, did it? The gospel is a story of people losing their relational connection to God and then God bringing them back to himself. God wants to transform our lives so that we can experience his presence, so that we can know what it means to be his child. In our booklet for transformational prayer, we were reading this this week, these words. This is what's true of God. This is what's true of the gospel. God is always present. He loves us with a perfect love. He is totally safe to be vulnerable with. He's always glad to be with us, even in our pain. And he has an infinite capacity so he can stay with us no matter what is going on. God never disconnects from us. And we can read that and we can say, eh, I know that, big deal. Or we can read that and say, God is always with us. I am a child of God, dearly loved, holy and dearly loved. God is everything that we need. And sometimes we don't want it. Esau had the birthright. He was the firstborn son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, a child of the promise. But because he sold his birthright, he then missed out on the blessing. Jacob stole it, but really he gave it up willingly. So I want to ask you today, how do we despise our birthright? How do we lightly regard God's offer to bless us? Sometimes I think we say, you know, I have better things to do. I have my mind set on earthly things. Whether that's my job or my team or my toys or just my way. I want to be in charge of my own life. And so I don't necessarily want what God has for me. Not now anyway. Maybe, maybe, maybe some other time. I just want to ask a simple question that, that Trent will point out sometimes. How's that working out for you? I want to challenge you today. Look back at your life. How does it work when you're going your own way? Take a look back on your life. When you follow your own path, when you set yourself up as your own king, when you follow your stuff, how does that work for you? I want to challenge you today. We have an opportunity to go back, take a look, and change the way that we live. We can allow God to transform our very lives. Kurt and the band are going to sing a song in a little while. It's called Dear Younger Me. It's an opportunity to look back. If you had an opportunity to go back and tell younger me some important things that you've learned, what would you tell yourself? I can tell you what Esau would say. Oops. I gave away the promises of God. I gave away the blessing of God for a bowl of stew. I give away 
my rights as a child of God to try to order my life in such a way that it works for me and it doesn't work for me. I would want to go back and say, dear younger me, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. At the end of every service, or almost every service, we give the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you to be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. That's the look on God's face. May God smile at you and give you peace. And, we say, and all God's people said amen, which means, yes, we understand that. Go with and in the peace of God. Why do we do that? Because God wants to bless us. For most of my life as a youngster, I remember when the pastor would raise his hand and give the benediction, I would bow my head, put my head down, and it almost was like, don't hurt me with it. <laughs> my friend Bruce, he's not here today, but he sits up here, and he, he opens his hands up. He's got big, big hands, and he puts them out. It's almost like he, and he looks up, and it's like, yes, God, I want your blessing for me. God is saying to us, you are blessed. You are kept. God's face shines on you. He gives you grace. That means you get stuff you don't deserve. He smiles at you. And he gives you peace. And the question today is, will you accept that? Will you listen to God when he tells you who you are and what is available to you? When he says, you have a birthright, you are holy, you are righteous, you are redeemed, you are set apart, you have a brand new heart, you are free. I want to challenge you to just start fresh. A month ago, I, I, I laid down my anger and I picked up the presence of God. And, and once in a while, I lay it down only to pick it up again. That's, that's part of it. But you can start over today. The song says, if I knew then what I know now, condemnation would have had no power. My joy, my pain would have never been my worth. That's not where your worth comes from. If I knew then what I know now, wouldn't have been hard to figure out what I would have changed if I had heard. People of God, you have heard. You know who you are. And the question is, do you want to miss God's blessing? You have his blessings Available to you. You are holy, you are righteous, you are redeemed, you're set apart, you have a brand new heart, and you are free. So your life can be transformed by that connection to God, by just closing your eyes and saying, God, take away all of this stuff, fill me up three times a day, get on your knees, join me, challenge me, remember, ask someone to ask you are, you, are you, are you getting on your knees and praying? Are you asking for God to figure out? Are you asking for his blessing? I think as the people of God, we miss, we miss his blessings. And it's because we like to go our own way. So this morning, you have a choice. Two options, one choice. Your life can be transformed by a connection with God, or you can have a bowl of really nice red stew. You can embrace your identity as one of God's own, or you can try to find it on your own. I can tell you, looking back, I've known this all my life, but I wish I could go back and say to younger me, think about this. 
Accept what God has for you. We need God in our lives. We need him every moment of every day. And he is there and he wants to give his blessing to us. If only we will reach out our hands and say, Lord, bless me, keep me, make your face shine on me. So I want to challenge you. Start over today and ask God to give you his blessings. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us. When I pause and look and remember, I can see all the ways you have led me and guided me. All the things that I have that are from you that are so good. Lord, too often I want to I want to make things my way. I want to make things straight, and I want things to be easy, and I, I, I want for my kids to do the things I want them to do so that life, life will just work out best for me. But Lord, when I let you fill me up, when I open myself to you and I connect with you, you transform my life. Lord, I want to thank you that you transform my life, that you bless me. And Lord, I want to pray that your people would understand what it means to be blessed by you. And so, Lord, come. Help us look back. Help us look forward. Help us be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we figured out whether you spell your name K-U-R-T or C-U-R-T, you, you may have a dark side. <laughs> it's okay. We all do. But when we give it up, when we lay it down and we let God fill us, we, we, have, a, we, have, a, we have a bright side. We have, we have a spirit-filled body. So receive God's blessing this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance. May God turn his face upon you and smile at you and give you peace. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Go in peace.